Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I ain't got no kids <laughs> to hold me down. I'll do podcasts while they're out of town. Just kidding. They're both at school in this town because that'd be inconvenient if it weren't. Hey! <laughs> hey, you know that song. Let's get loud! Whew. No babies napping in. <laughs> Uh, Griffin is very excited that we went through the somewhat emotional, somewhat traumatic drop-off. these babies. Of our baby at daycare. I love our baby. I love our big child, too. Big son, small son. Love them both to the yeah. ends of the earth and back. Yesterday, I took a nap for an hour and a half, and I, <laughs> I turned into a sort of primordial slime inside of a chrysalis, and I emerged a new... Well rested. Uh, I am gentlemen. hoping that I will get there. Right yeah. now, I'm just like bouncing around the house like a nervous pinball. Yes. I am hoping eventually I will become used to not having a child attached to me. Yes. Uh, love these babies, though. Love these babies. This is super wonderful. cute. Super cute. And the, you feel a fulfillment. And But there's somebody else's problem right no, now. Oh, <laughs> man, they sure are. Um, <laughs> this is wonderful. It's a show where we talk about things we like, things that we're into, things that are good. Do you have any small wonders? I do, actually. I okay. thought about this okay. just a moment ago okay. and that is expiration dates yeah <laughs> uh so uh loyal listeners of the show will remember that our master bathroom flooded in the great freeze of february yeah. uh flooded is a is a <laughs> not a like accurate way of describing i mean it did flood but yes. it also kind of exploded, exploded. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have not been able to do anything because of earlier mentioned babies in the house, but now that they are off site, we are able to get everything ready. And I have been going through so many bathroom products and so many of them are expired Yeah. Uh, in the great year of 2020. And uh, those dates are really helpful when you're thinking like, should I maybe take this medicine? No, yeah. no, you shouldn't. It won't work anymore. And let me fill, I'm, I'm, it's so good that you brought this because let me fill you in on something else. They also put those on food. And sometimes you oh, will pick up the here food. here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Can I tell you how many expired bottles of mouthwash I found? Which says a lot about us. <laughs> <laughs> but also made me think, does it really, you spit it out. Like, you're not drinking it. Is it okay? Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, this milk went bad in 1994, but no, as long as I don't swallow it, it This is okay. not the same. This is like a lot of alcohol. It's probably okay. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, what's your small wonder? It's this, it's this big, beautiful whiteboard you got me. Aww. It was my Father's Day present. Rachel got me a big, beautiful whiteboard to hang up on my wall to help organize uh, ether sea stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm so excited about it. It's got all these magnetic tiles and... So many markers of different colors and organizational systems. Yeah, and I didn't so know sad. if you were really into organization. I and am, it, specifically for DMing, yeah. like it's kind of necessary. And I know you put a lot of stuff in a document, but when the document is not open, you no. are not able to access it. Yeah, so it's I like, thought well, this might be better. It's one of those things where like handwritten notes also kind of like lodge into your brain a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, no, I feel and that way. I, I had um, a a wall covered in post-it notes. I talked about post-it notes, but they all like very slowly eroded and fell off the wall. Yeah. So this is a nice, more permanent solution. Yeah. Stoked for it. I'm also stoked to hear what your topic is for this episode of Wonderful, a podcast. My topic. Yes. And we're only doing one still, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> my topic is Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh my gosh. You ever had these guys? In, at some point in the like, we had all that shit. Like, we had a Teddy Ruxpin, and yeah. we had a like this, this, but 
Oh, God, that was so long ago now, huh? Uh-huh. Wow. I didn't know. I mean, it was it was a huge craze. It yes. was arguably the first big Christmas toy craze ever. Uh, uh, yeah, of, of, of a certain scale, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, prior to this, the, the only competitor was really the Etch-A-Sketch, apparently. <laughs> like, the, the uh, industry was making Etch-A-Sketches, like, on Christmas Eve to try and, like, meet the demand. But, My God. But, yeah. The Etch-A-Sketch? The Etch-A-Sketch. It's not a very g- good well, device. Well, people didn't have computers back then, I you know? So. This was your own little way to... <laughs> This was your old computers, yeah. Your own, your own way to make Let documents. me check my email. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made a square. Um, yeah, I had I had two cabbage patch dolls. Wow. One was given to me by my one parents. Per, one percent or much? No. One was given to me by my parents, and one was given to me by uh, my mom worked in an elementary school, and I spent a lot of time at that school as a kid waiting for my mom to be ready to go home, and the very sweet custodians gave me a Cabbage Fetch doll. Oh, my God. Because this may not surprise anyone to know, uh, very close with the school personnel. (laughs) Not surprising even a little. One of those kids, one of those only children, one of those rare only children that uh, had profound relationships with adults. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Cabbage Fetch Kids, uh, first produced uh, by uh, Coleco Industries in 1982. Do you remember the name of the guy? It was written on every butt of every Cabbage Patch doll. I, so I don't think I ever had my own personal Cabbage you Patch You had a kid. family doll that was It was a shared. sort of communal. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Travis, I would like to hold the doll now. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, your turn is up. It's my turn to hold the doll. <laughs> don't smell it so deeply. You're taking all the good smell away. <laughs> Leave some of the vapor for me. <laughs> Those were the original vape rigs for Cabbage Patch doll. Uh, <laughs> no, what was the name on the butt? Xavier Roberts. Why did he put his name on the doll butts? Oh, Xavier. He... Okay. Wow, I'm putting my phone down. <laughs> so when he started, so this was uh, 1978, he called them the Little People. Okay. Which once they wanted to do wide release, if you all know Fisher Price has their own mm. TM Little People. Uh, but he more or less stole it from oh. a craft artist named Martha Nelson. Sounds about right. Uh, he was a 21-year-old art student at the time. He uh, discovered Martha Nelson's doll babies, and they came with a birth certificate and adoption papers. That's and, the thing, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's the big the, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Roberts c- cleverly modified the look of her dolls uh, to get a copyright and told potential customers his little people weren't for sale but could be adopted for prices ranging from sixty to as much as a thousand dollars. So that was that. It was all like that. Like it was yeah. like a way to sidestep. Wow. She ended up like suing him and got good, a settlement. Good uh, because he, you know, went on to make a lot of money from this. Yeah. Uh, this was in Georgia. He took a medical clinic. Uh, and converted it into a toy store, calling it Babyland General Hospital in Cleveland, Georgia. Yes. So this is what I know about Cabbage Patch Dolls. And I don't know how I know about it, but that there was like, it was essentially like uh, arboreal childbirth LARPing. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about Babyland uh, later. Y'all, I know we have lots of younger listeners who listen to this show, who probably don't know any of this shit, buckle, like, think about how you spend your day. Think about what you like to do on the weekends. And then imagine 
deciding to go to Babyland General Hospital USA <laughs> and experiencing this because this is what it was. This is what we were fucking up to. Uh, so Xavier Roberts, what's interesting about these dolls is they are not particularly cute. And no. that was kind of minute one of the design. So I wanted to show Griffin on air. Yeah. The earliest design. Oh, boy. Uh, oh so my! Here's 19, what the fuck? 1976. Uh, he had an interest in sculpture and quilting, uh, and so he, these were soft sculptures. Here's 1978. Still not a very cute uh, creature. Um, no. Uh, we're ta- <laughs> we're ta- this we're talking about one pound of face in a <laughs> yeah. 100 pound head bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's it looks like a it's a, like a six inch wide circle with about a half inch worth of face right in the center of it. So he won a first place ribbon for sculpture at an art show in Florida okay. uh, based on this doll. Cool. Um, and then someone came... saw that and said, this is the best. This is the best <laughs> thing here. And then came home to Georgia with his friends and started mass production of these guys okay uh here's the the gentleman by the way um on the cover of a magazine with his early holding all these these (laughs) large-headed all right so it was not his idea to really build the cabbage patch myth um that was uh a designer and licensing agent named roger schlafer uh, he was the one that created this idea of Cabbage Patch Kid, and him and his uh, partner at the time wrote the legend of Cabbage Patch Kids to make sense of how cabbages gave birth to babies. Do we have? Is that like a thing that is written out? Oh yes. That can we can we read that? I mean, it's quite lengthy. Uh, but here's a summary. <laughs> so good, if good, you good. go, I'm getting a lot of this information from CabbagePatchKids.com. Are they still making them? Oh yeah. Oh okay, I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's changed hands a lot. So sure. like a bunch of different companies have tried to kind of regrow the brand yeah. after Coleco lost it, then it was Hasbro, then it was Mattel, then it was Toys R Us. Like everybody's like trying to get a hand on that early success. Um, it's weird that that hasn't come back in fashion, <laughs> these big, ugly babies with names on their butts. So the legend, uh, if you go to the website. What um, am I fucking looking at xavier roberts insisted that he get connected into this story so when he was working with schlafer he was like all right if you're gonna create a legend make sure i'm in there he wanted a self insert in his fucking (laughs) doll fiction so uh once upon a time a young boy named xavier roberts was playing in the woods near his home in the appalachian mountains of north georgia he saw a woman making folk art dolls and said i'll steal those He saw a curious creature uh, that looked like a bunny but flew in the air and buzzed like a bee. He tried to catch it and flew into a waterfall. Uh, Whoa, shit, what? And there was a cave behind the waterfall. Okay. okay. Uh, (laughs) And the bunny bee led him to the cabbages, um, and the cabbages were sprinkled with magic dust by the bunny bee. (laughs) <laughs> okay and the, and so he fertilized from the them? nearest cabbage a little boy came toward xavier and offered to shake his hand he introduced himself as otis lee one of the cabbage patch kids uh the way you are reading this is 
why like i don't know if you hear i know your mind is kind of racing in a way to like summarize this in a way that is palatable for Uh our audience but your intonation is he got a doll from the cabbage kids i'm trying to read it like a news story it's great it's good i love it uh otis lee the cabbage patch kid that xavier roberts met uh explained that the uh babies are of all sizes and shape are born in the secret cabbage patch great the bunny bees sprinkle a magic crystal, and the mother cabbages. Wait, what? <laughs> sprinkle they pollinate. A magic yeah, they like pollinate on, the, and the cabbages. Mother, and the mother cabbages do what? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the babies. The mother. The babies the, come out of the mother cabbages. And then, what do we do with the cabbages after the baby comes out of them? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably like placenta encapsulation. You can. <laughs> right. Are the mother cabbages. Can I buy a mother cabbage and then have my own sort of like factor? I guess I would need I mean, to buy you think own about it, That's bee. kind of what Hatchimals are, right? You remember Hatchimals? I mean, on, in name only. You could get the egg and then you'd like rub the egg and then the little thing would come out. So the mother cabbage. Let's t- Let's get into this. Once the mother cabbage has produced one cabbage patch child. It withers away and is and and passes. I don't know. So this would be a good question for Babyland. Yeah, it Um, is a great question for Babyland. mm -hmm. What happens to the mother cabbage after the Cabbage Patch child comes out? Can a cabbage? Can a mother cabbage (laughs) make more than one Cabbage Patch doll? Is there Uh, just one bunny bee fertilizing all these things? And where is he getting these crystals from? Does his body make the crystals? Do they come out of him? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is there some sort of genetic material inside of the crystals? Because if so, where, where are those genes coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. These are all good questions. Why was it behind a waterfall is my next question. Why did it have to be behind a waterfall? Because well, when I think of a, a lot of sort of like common agricultural yeah. hotspots, mm-hmm. yeah. behind a waterfall is not usually. I think the idea is that Xavier had to discover it. Like, there had to be a reason that people didn't know about this, and Xavier had to happen upon it. Right. So, okay. Yeah. No. Okay. He was yeah. the first one to see this flying bee rabbit <laughs> and f- to follow it because everybody else who saw it was like, I don't know. I'm too busy. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Babyland. Yeah. Um, let me pull that up for you. God, I can't believe we haven't even gotten to Babyland General Hospital yet. <laughs> the thought of me going to a place called Babyland <laughs> now, knowing what I know. Seems seems bonkers. So it is situated on 650 acres in North Georgia mountains, uh, and it is a big Southern-style home uh, where you can go and visit and witness the birth of a hand-sculpted Cabbage Patch Kid. Yep. Like, you see it pop out of a cabbage, in, and there's people who do a whole So can skit. I tell you, I have had friends that have visited. Okay. Uh, I texted my friend Amy when I was going to do this segment, and she said when they announce a Cabbage Patch doll is about to be born, they tell you that the cabbage is dilating. I'm... Hands up. What? (laughs) It's apparently like a big ceremony where they like dim the lights. I don't care. big ceremony and i'm glad they dimmed the lights to give the fucking cabbage mother a little bit of modesty and a little bit of dignity i don't imagine that there are groans or noises emitted from the cabbage but they do you don't know you cannot say that for sure uh and then the, the the child that is like viewing can name the the doll that is being born 
Okay. I would. I mean, I would leave that up to the cabbage mother or perhaps the bunny bee who um, fertilized um, But it. yeah, you can take a self-guided tour. Uh, you can play with the Cabbage Patch Kids and you spend like an hour just roaming and f- around. And probably $305 at some point. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it's a – but it, you're not spending and it. It's an adoption fee. It's purely a formality. Um, it's all above board. Uh, <laughs> so – in the 80s, uh, they set an industry record, $3.2 million. That's a lot. Uh, between 1983 and 1986. Um, Coleco <laughs> got into a bitter legal battle with Roberts when Roberts wanted to launch Furskin's Bears, which was a collection of hillbilly bears that competed with the Cabbage Patch dolls. So all of a sudden, Roberts was like, hey, I'm going to get back in the game here, and this is going to be my thing, and this time they're bears. And Coleco was like, hold on a minute. We have a deal with you, and now you're trying to compete. Uh, Everything fell apart, and that's when Cabbage Patch started bouncing around between Hasbro and Mattel and Mm. Toys R Us and all different. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they're still out there. You can still get them. Um, I mean, it's difficult. They've tried a bunch of different things. Coleco tried a talking Cabbage Patch Kid, uh, which was equipped with a voice chip and touch sensors, and it could communicate with other dolls. Um, okay. So touch sensors in the hands enabled the toy to detect when and how it was being played with in response. Uh, and the doll might say, hold my hand, and give an appropriate response when the touch sensor in the hand was... And it, uh, what's the what's the response when the doll says hold my hand and you hold its hand does it say like good <laughs> thanks thanks kind of sweaty all right well we're doing um, this it, it could also as i mentioned interact with other dolls uh and they could synchronize sing in rounds so like furbies then yeah basically okay yeah uh and there's there yeah there's been any number they've come out in different sizes there's been big and little ones everybody's trying to like figure out what it's going to be to get these back in the public consciousness it is just we're done like it's, it's not going to it is done. I, I would go so far to say it will never happen again for you cabbage patch kids i'm so sorry we've like moved on we're into slime slime bags now that's it uh yeah in 2018 uh cabbage patch kids celebrated 40 years of adoptions in cleveland georgia congratulations Mm -hmm. they did it they've really done it this time (laughs) so wild yeah can you imagine when they put lego land together if they were like yeah and then the lego brood mother (laughs) you you we ring a bell when her cloaca appears and from it a hundred minifigures come spraying out it really does generate a lot of questions, right? Like if you've taken your child to Babyland and you have not yet told them how babies are born, can you imagine? Well, I imagine there's lots of parents who do that yeah. so that they don't have to have that conversation. <laughs> you know how you saw the doll come out of the cabbage? Well, well it's like a similar that. story to tell. Sort of like that. Um, <laughs> you know oh, the, the bee with the crystals? Well, <laughs> well it was kind of like, it, it was sort of like that if you think about it. Um, hey, can I steal you away? Yes. Thanks. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. 
these rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain do we have personal messages? We have personal messages, a.k.a. Grumple Pops. And here, this one is for future Chris, and it's from past Chris, who says, Dear future Chris, you've always wanted someone to buy you a Jumbotron. Well, it's time to be the change you want to see in the world. I'm here from the past to say you've worked really hard, and you've come a long way to get your life happy, healthy, and stable. Hopefully the insane housing market bubble will pop soon, and you can get yourself a house. Uh, that is from Chris, and um, Chris... Not yet, from what I understand. It's still <laughs> tough out there. Uh, houses are uh, just, it's a wild, it's a wild time for homes True. in general. But um, you have taken the first step to take care of yourself and purchasing a Jumbotron. Yeah. Something you've always wanted. That's it. It's the first stage of uh, mm-hmm. If you talk to our realtor, yeah. they'll ask, have you purchased a Jumbotron yet? Yeah. And if you say no, then you're not even no, on step if one. You're not even visualizing mm-hmm. it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, can I read the second one? Yep, yep. It's for Courtney. It is from Noah. Hello, Courtney. It's your boy here. Just wanted a way to say I love you to you while you're working. Well, maybe you're listening to this at home. Either way, you're very special to me, and I love you a lot. <laughs> working hard or hardly working. Listen to podcasts. Or you're not really, you're not you're giving it 100% of your listen to these two clowns. Griffin has not had to make small talk in a very hey, long time. <laughs> hump day, huh? Ah. ah. Thank, God it's, thank God it is hump day. 
you see the uh, the bosses? Real piece of shit, huh? Oof. I, Oof. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oof. I, I'm sorry. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, and... Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Um, my first thing is uh, it, it, impossible to Google for, it's, and you wouldn't think it, uh, <laughs> but like, I'm not sure that there is a codified name for this thing and if there is it it has very little uh seo juice behind it i want to talk about home video home movies or home videos and i'm not talking about the animated show home movies with uh h john benjamin and i'm not talking about america's funniest home videos yeah you'd almost have to look for like a story behind the like home video camcorder that is the only way i could make any sort of uh progress in 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 like looking for any sort of supplementary information on this because you could type in like real home videos and it's like America's funniest home videos is real funny, and it's like yeah. that's not what I that's not what I want to know about. Yeah, it it was I don't know. So I you know I don't have any of these. Uh, no, but it de- it depends on like how uh, quick your family was to adopt exactly. like technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think um, also when you are an only child, I mean I have dance recital videos. Yeah. Uh, that you know could be purchased at the event itself, right? Um, That's and, how they get you. And I think my mom would borrow a camcorder from the school she worked at yeah. occasionally to make those videos herself. Uh, but I do not. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I knew anybody with a with a camcorder. Oh, you didn't know Clint McElroy. No, I know. Who, I know. Uh, man, he he. We went through a lot of different a lot of different camcorders. Yeah, this is not something that I think is going to register with everybody. Um, but boy, howdy, Clint, Clint churned him out like he, the fucking Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. And the commentary he provided. The commentary he provided was very good and also, uh, kind of adult at times in ways that I did not appreciate <laughs> until I watched them as an adult. Um, yeah, they're, they're incredible. I think one year for Candle Nights, I asserted a real desire to have McElroy home videos, uh, shared yeah at the performance uh because they're just the cutest most great wonderful thing in the world yes um yeah i mean it helps that uh you got this guy <laughs> a little griffy a, a little griffy in a basket maybe or uh you know a tiny <laughs> a tiny car when we watch footage before griffin was born he's he's like boring well yeah. there isn't much of that because my dad got this like big ass hitachi vhs yeah camera 
like right before I was born. Because uh, yeah. in that first home video, like there's a little bit of him like in the office and there's a little bit of my incredibly pregnant mother. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like little, little me, little me just, just home from the hospital. Uh, and I sort of like grew up on 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 camera yeah. like Kirk Cameron or something. Uh-huh. Uh so much brother love in these videos too. Yeah. Like like I I don't know if there is a a dark cloud that we have yet to uncover about the young Macquarie's, but it seems like you all just got along famously from day one. Um yeah, until we all were like teens. And then <laughs> it got a little rowdy from time to time. Yeah. Um so home camcorder technology started to become sort of commercially available in the early 80s. In 1983, Sony came out with the Betamovie BMC 110, which recorded Betamax format yeah. cassettes, which w- was not something that anybody really used or had. No. Uh, and throughout the 80s, like uh, media storage on cassette like evolved like really rapidly. Uh, media storage like in general evolved pretty pretty yeah. quickly throughout like the 80s and 90s and and aughts and then now it's just like well here's an even bigger SD card but back then it was here is a Betamax uh, VH, a Betamax recorder here is a VHS camcorder we had one of those here's an SVHS camcorder yeah. uh, then you get into uh, in the mid 90s DV cassettes which were like tiny cassettes that you yeah. couldn't put in your VCR without yeah. an adapter and uh, you remember how if you recorded stuff at different speeds, you could get a longer tape? Do you yeah, remember that? yes. It was like a four hour at this speed or eight hour at this speed. But if you do the eight hour speed, the quality wasn't as good. Yeah. But from, from like probably from about 1987 to 1996, like we went through like four or five different camcorders because the media kept changing. Like the yeah. format of the thing like kept changing a lot. Um, and there was definitely like a dark ages period where like we couldn't watch that stuff yeah. uh, because DVD players were like the only thing we had in the house. And yeah. so we didn't have a VCR, let alone a mini DV adapter like that you would need for all that stuff. But yeah. fortunately, like now there are, you know, companies that can. Yeah, help you still to this day, stuff. like I feel like every Christmas your dad will unearth some Something, VHS tape yeah. and turn it into a DVD. And it's it's just always a treat. Yeah. So we have about, I would say, 15 DVDs or so covering about as many years of, yeah. of, of my life, starting from the year I was born. And I just like, I. Uh, I feel so grateful for for that stuff. Like I, yeah. I genuinely do because I um my my memory is is quite bad. Uh and so for for that reason like I'm very grateful to have these things that I can like look back on. But also like I have been wrestling a lot with uh like what I am nostalgic for now and like where mm. I'm at in my my life and just how long ago those those days were yeah. which is I think something that everybody in their mid 30s like starts to kind of uh, wrestle with and having kind of a you know an omnibus of uh of McElroy events of countless Christmases and birthdays and, you know, uh, Easter pageants and uh, well, band yeah, and practices. Well, not to mention and... the fact that you used to watch those. When, when my dad was still making them, yeah. yeah. And I hope that wasn't like a narcissism thing as much as it was like, I've talked also a lot on the show about like how b- back in, in, you know, my childhood, I felt so empowered by being able to like create some sort of like, 
media, right? Like whether it was programming a really simple game in QBasic, like yeah. that was so cool to me. Uh, all the way up to like uh, when I burned my first CD, I was like, holy shit, like I can I can make CDs now. Like I, yeah. there's no going back from this. And I was sort of empowered to do that from birth because we always had a camcorder in the house while I was yeah. growing up. And so like I would make also very, very, uh, very stupid like movies with my friends yeah. at my house <laughs> after church. And like uh, I, I, I always, I don't know, I felt like it was just so cool that I could commit something to a cassette, like a video I cassette. I like there's a direct sure. correlation between kids that had an access to a video camera and like and how they become creators as adults. Because you hear that over and over again about like kids making movies with their friends and then now they do like some kind of creative production. Yeah, I think about that a lot. We have a book that Henry loves and it's all about uh, Jim Henson growing up and like how he uh, like made these like uh like old old videos with his friends inspired by these old uh old old movies and his grandparents would like make props out of their old clothes and yeah. stuff like that yeah i think i also think about that a lot um the nostalgia factor is intensified by the fact that my dad would frequently record these home videos on vhs tapes that he had recorded tv shows on uh-huh. so you'll be watching like uh an easter pageant and then you'll get like a couple minutes of like fucking babylon 5 <laughs> and then you'll jump to like a halloween party yeah. that my school had uh just swinging from vine to vine like that and being yeah. like oh damn but what did happen in that episode of babylon 5 <laughs> now i need to go find it um yeah i just wrestling with sort of where i'm at in my life and like how how old i really am I find myself also doing this a lot, which is like thinking about if things will ever be like that again, which is to say like I document Henry and Gus yeah. just as much, if not more than than my dad did on our old camcorders. But like it's different now yeah. because, uh, you know, I put that stuff in our, you know, family group and our like private group that yeah. I share with our family and our our cassette like our vhs tapes our old home videos were really just for us until of course we became internet (laughs) internet popular and started to share them (laughs) with the world um it was like our own sort of family history thing and that was like that's different than how how it works now i'm not saying that like how it works now is better or worse or whatever but that i don't know that henry or gus will like grow up watching old old videos of themselves in the same way that I did because it's not as novel like it's yeah. just how things kind of are now you would have to like compile them and put them in one file because that's that's the big problem right is that everybody posts things discreetly and so right. if you were to like sit down and try and watch for an hour right there would be a lot of scattershot clicking yeah sure yeah um but yeah I'm I uh I don't know too many people that had as many of these home yeah. videos as we did, but it's it's a thing that I am. Uh, the older I get, and sort of the foggier my memory gets, like the the more and more grateful I am to to have these. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's awesome. I I I don't know why I enjoyed them quite so much, but I really do. Yeah. Too. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah, thank you, Maximum Fun. Uh, if you are looking for a new show to check out, uh, I would recommend um, Can I Pet Your Dog? Yeah, you can. You can recommend it and you can you can pet my dog. Thanks. I've kept a dog in this house secretly uh, without you knowing. Uh, he's very quiet. Whoa. Yeah. That's very yeah, quiet dog. he's a really quiet dog. He has no mouth. <laughs> but he must scream. God. And um, I think that's it. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back. Next oh, week. oh, we should mention live show. Your live show. Got live with Bim Bam uh, here in a little bit on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, June 25th. We're going to be doing a live with Bim Bam. It's going to be a summer boy BQ. Yeah, what does that mean? It's like a barbecue, but with boys. Are you guys going to do like <laughs> stuff? Oh, we're going to do some stuff. <laughs> uh, you can find links to that. Uh, if you go to MacRoy.Family, you can find out all the deets. And, um, oh, the our next uh, graphic novel for The Adventure Zone comes out in a couple weeks also. Yeah, it's uh, summertime, The Crystal y'all. Kingdom, yeah. Uh, and you can find a link to that at theadventurezonecomic.com. Please pre-order it. That would be so cool of you. Yeah. And we're also doing a live event for that one on July 13th. Um, yeah. And you can find details for that also at McElroy.family. Mm-hmm. Okay, now for real. Oh, we have merch also at McElroy, McElroyMerch.com. Yeah. Okay. For real, though? For real? We should go. And uh, we don't have the easy out of like, the baby's screaming, bye. Um, but what we do have mm-hmm, is, is lunchtime. Lunchtime. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding. <laughs> That's the lunch bell. Not <laughs> sure why it sounded like that. <laughs> bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we're the hosts of Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons-adjacent podcast where we talk to Simpsons folks about non-Simpsons things. That's right. So in the past, we've gotten to talk to legendary showrunners and writers like Al Jean, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Dana Gould, Mike Reese, and David X. Cohen. Voice actors like Maurice LaMarche, Maggie Roswell, and Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson herself. Hell yeah. (laughs) So we've been away securing guests for our final five episodes. We won't tell you everybody, but we'll let you know that the last episode is kind of a big deal. We got Matt Groening. (gasps) Homer's dad. We got Homer's dad. Check out new episodes of Round Springfield starting June 21st. On Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Smell you later.